welcome to the IOD's Director's Briefing Podcast. This podcast is produced by the IOD's Policy Unit and provides timely updates, insights and commentary on the key issues of the day impacting business leaders. It's a huge pleasure to welcome our new Chief Economist, Kitty Usher, to the IOD. Kitty is a former Member of Parliament, Treasury Minister and Chief Economic Advisor to the think tank Demos. Here in her first IOD podcast, Kitty outlines her perspectives on the outlook for the UK economy. Kitty, it's a great pleasure to welcome you to the IOD as the IOD's new Chief Economist. Um, I really think you're joining the IOD at a crucial time as we emerge from the pandemic and as businesses and policymakers try to re-establish some kind of normality in their activities. On the face of it, IOD members remain extremely optimistic about their prospects, both in terms of their own businesses and for the economy as a whole. How do you see the economic outlook? Well, first of all, thank you, Roger. I'm very excited uh, to be here. I think it's an important uh, place to be at the moment, uh, and we need to hear the voice of uh, people who are running and owning uh, small and medium-sized businesses up and down the country. Their voice needs to be heard, so that's the most important thing. I am pretty optimistic about the economy at this point in time, in early September 2021. I think it is an optimistic time. Um, We've seen consumer confidence back to higher than pre-pandemic levels and of course consumer spending is around two-thirds of our economy so if people are feeling flush and confident then that immediately translates into economic uh, recovery Um, and it's beginning to look as if when we look at the economic sort of GDP forecasts that the path of growth will be roughly back in the future to where it would have been if the pandemic hadn't hit. Now, this is really encouraging because it means that in the medium to long term, there won't have been this terrifying thing called economic scarring, which we did see in the financial crisis. Um, So it could have been a good deal worse. And uh, I think businesses are right to feel slightly upbeat at the moment. Oh, that sounds sounds relatively positive. However, the government has spent a huge amount of money supporting business during the pandemic, and there are certainly many ongoing demands on the public purse, including the need to address the issue of social care, a big backlog in the NHS uh, and judicial systems as well, and also um, to support the transition to net zero, which is very important to, to many of our members. Now, with a stock of public debt now standing at around 100% of GDP, how can the government afford all this? And will the burden of that financing actually fall on business? The stock of debt is very high. Um, It hasn't been this high in peacetime ever in the last 100 years or so. Um, And just for context, 100% isn't a magic number when it comes to debt, but 100% of GDP... Um, you realise how high it is when we realise that although Britain never decided to join the euro, the criteria for so doing was that it should be below 40. So it's you know well over double that. But what really matters in terms of um, the way 
a country's finances are viewed is the path, is the sort of direction um, of government debt. And it is projected uh, to be falling uh, over the next few years, which is why the financial markets haven't freaked out in a way they would if it was Greece in 2012, uh, for example. But as you rightly mentioned, the reason why the forecasts are, um, the debt forecast is that debt should start to come down as a proportion of the economy is because the government has already announced that corporation tax will rise starting in a few years' time. Um, so that's obviously a tax on business profits, uh, and it is the single uh, most important decision the government's made to appear as if it's got debt under control. Uh, so it is the private sector that, that will be paying for this. At the time of this recording, the big policy development that we are focusing on um, is a government announcement relating to the funding of social care, which we are very much expecting to be through a hike in national insurance, both for employees and employers. Do you think that this uh, financing route is the right way uh, to address the social care crisis? This is a really tricky issue. Personally, I don't think there's any policy logic to doing it in this way. That's not to say that funding social care isn't important um, and that there has to be a way uh, to pay for it. But the reason I don't think it's a logical way of doing it is that national insurance was established as on the contributory principle. and. Um, you know, just like a sort of private pension, an individual contributes and the employer contributes. And then when required, there are cash payments back to the individual. So the whole principle of it is not about funding the general sort of enormous slush fund of important government spending, uh, which I think should be done uh, through a different route. Um, now, we've seen this being chipped away over time. Uh, largely for political reasons and I suspect what the government has been doing over the summer is doing some quite intensive sort of private and public polling and focus group work to work out how to raise tax in a way that is they can just about get away with in political terms so they feel by not calling it income tax and not um, uh, and, and explicitly talking uh, about the need to do it for social care, that there won't be as large a political um, backlash. The problem is, of course, that national insurance is partly paid for by employer contributions, which is a sort of flat levy. And, you know, this is, that's a kind of unintended consequence, I think, of, of, of what they're really trying to do, which is sell a tax rise. Yes. Now, in our recent Policy Voice surveys, um, IOD members are reporting significant labour shortages across a variety of sectors and also across many different types of job function. And this appears to be feeding into significant increases in wage costs for many. Now, how worried should we be about this development? We've seen some quite significant uptick in the rate of inflation. Um, is there a concern that actually these labour shortages and these wage increases are feeding in to a more permanent increase in inflation? I think it's quite hard to tell at this stage. There's lots of very common sense um, arguments that would suggest this is a short-term phenomenon as the economy supply side adjusts to very rapidly changing 
uh, demand, both by businesses uh, and also uh, by consumers. The, and it's obviously not much fun if you're running a business and you find that you have no choice but to raise, you know, increase your, your wages, although I'm sure it's uh, uh, welcome to those on the receiving end of that. Um, the thing that I would be worried about and that I will be watching over the months ahead is to what extent uh, the shorter term rises in wages and possibly consumer price inflation as well, although m the most recent data at the time of our, us, our conversation, Roger, indicated it wasn't heading off in a very dangerous direction, is if people begin to believe that inflation will continue to rise and that this is now a fact of life, because economic history tells us that when inflation expectations rise, that's when it become, begins to become entrenched. So. I would expect that the Bank of England will be watching very carefully uh, sort of survey results on whether people believe inflation is rising and if they think that there's a problem with expectations they will perhaps signal that they will take a hard line if needed. Okay. Well Kitty, thank you so much for your comments, for your initial observations as you start this new role as the IUD's Chief Economist. We're really excited that you've joined the IUD at this crucial time, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more from you um, in the months ahead. Thank you, Roger. Great to be here. We hope that you have enjoyed this Director's Briefing podcast. Please do subscribe to our channel to ensure that you are kept up to date on our future podcasts. You can find more information about our work on our website at iod.com forward slash news and on our LinkedIn and Twitter profiles. You can also contact us directly via policy-unit at iod.com.